Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your host, Jason Fernandez. And me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to best hour of their day. Fern, Ackerman, Springstein, all here for you, talking about the latest news, topics, and trends in the CrossFit world. Is that what we're doing? And at some point, everybody needs to know what Katie's actual last name is. Yeah, is that not right? It's Stein Spring. Do Stein it every Spring. time. Stein Spring. That's what I said. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, Hello. everybody. If you're listening from the Jewish persuasion, we're on day two or three. Hard That's to right. Back. Happy to celebrate with you this year. Yeah. You lighting the menorah? You, Chappie, Logan, you throwing those candles up? I'll just we just We were just randomly lighting things on fire, hoping that something would count. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get the kids a Hanukkah present, Fern? We got pizza last night. What's a present? Is that what's going on? Is this what we've gotten to now? The Fernandez household, uh, Monday nights, kids. Daddy's I was had a long literally week. just—I was literally just joking with somebody out in the lobby about this. I was—I got home last night and I asked the kids, "Like, what do you want for uh, for dinner?" And it was like pizza, and I was like, "Yes, order order out or homemade." And she was like, "Order out," and I was like, "I like where your head's at. We're doing that right now." How many days in a row is that acceptable right now in your house? Oh, I mean, like I don't. I think the last time we ordered pizza was like a month ago. But if you went home tonight again and you asked Logan, what do you want for dinner? And again, she said pizza. Well, she is wants it Tuesday. What does that mean? It's Taco Tuesday. Oh, so you're doing tacos tonight? Yeah, every Tuesday. Homemade or Taco Bell? No, homemade. <laughs> you, you're doing homemade tacos? Every Tuesday, bro. Oh, really? Well, guess what? I'm going to be in Virginia Beach at your house on a Tuesday. So we'll see how true this is. Let's see if we can make Jewish tacos. Then we'll try to make them kosher. Um, <laughs> a little matzo ball in there. We'll throw some matzo ball. The, some uh, filter fish. Filter no, fish I haven't tacos. told you guys this. This is how Logan decided she wanted to count uh, down to Jess being home. How? Taco, Taco Tuesdays. So how many Taco Tuesdays do you have? Is that what it is? Correct. So how many... From the time just left? Uh, what was it, like 56, I think? Right, because she's gone for like close to a year, right? Or more, uh, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah more. Yeah. So I, 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 I got to go back and look. I think today is 45. She's been gone three no, months no, well, already? We have, well, two. I mean, we have like 40. Is that right? 50. Wow. Yeah, two and a half. So, what? yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she left in September. What kind of tacos are we talking? Like, oh, oh is it always like chicken and some guac? No, we typically do like beef. Them? Yeah, we'll do guac. Well, no, we'll do avocados. I won't make guacamole. You should do, um, I once had a buffalo shrimp taco. It was really good. Like fried okay. shrimp, buffalo sauce. I'm sure it was great, but that's not what we're having. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's kind of... um in line what we were going to discuss today a lot tacos? of things are great well tacos but things can be great and then done wrong 
You can do anything wrong. That, thing, that doesn't mean that the thing is no longer great. In other words, if I put gefilte fish in a taco when I'm at Virginia Beach, and I'm like, and you're like, this is terrible. You wouldn't say, I now hate tacos. You would I say, might. hey, I don't like gefilte fish in my tacos. I just want you to keep saying gefilte fish. Have you had gefilte fish? <laughs> I think once. Why I don't would even you, remember when, where. When would you ever have had gefilte fish? I don't know. I have no idea. What are you, thing, what, you? Is, what is that? I don't even know what that is. To be fair... You don't, know. You don't even know what it is. <laughs> what is the Google machine? Um, all I know is I've been having it since I was a kid. It comes in a You're jar. You're the worst Jew of all time. <laughs> I, I believe, and Katie's looking up, I think it's kind of like uh, chuck roast, if you will, where it's just like, hey, let's grab those scraps that are on the floor, put it into a loaf, and let's call it gefilte fish. Um, I was just watching uh, Yellowstone. I was catching up on Yellowstone the other day on Amazon, and they were talking about the uh, – she made a stew. And I thought, what was it called? And it was the same thing. It was like every piece of the of the cow was in there. It's basically like the meatloaf of stew. Is this it? Let me see what yep. you got. Is that Let's right? Go. There yep. we go. Manischewitz brand. You know, so why I like gefilte fish, I, I personally do. It you can't like, say like, you like gefilte fish if you literally don't know what it is, and nor did you – could you remember the last time you had it? That's You can't. That's not how this works. That's not true. I mean, you eat a lot of things you don't know. You eat Doritos. What's a Dorito? You don't know what a Dorito is. It's a Dorito. Yeah, exactly. You can't – that's like using the word to, in a definition. Right. You can't do but that. My point is, but my point is I eat Doritos. You do not eat gefilte fish because you that's literally just said – when was the last I, time you I, had to get the fish? Because I year. know when the last time I had Doritos was. Yeah, this morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would say it's always been something where I see it at the store, I'll grab it randomly. It's not like on our shopping list, but when I, I, I like the taste of it, and it's like lean protein, which is why I used to eat it a lot more often. Like when I was in like more of the bodybuilding mindset of like lean protein, broccoli, et cetera. That was one of my go-tos. Coming soon to a grocery store near you guys. Best hour get filled to fish. So Dude, stand by I, for that I mean, promo code. Stand by for that promo code. We'll get that out as soon as it'll be right next to the I'm, best hour coffee. And if you haven't bought that, you should buy that. I'm sure somebody already has the domain name, best hour get filled to fish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good point, Fern. As I'm sipping away at it, best hour coffee. Somebody texted me uh, yesterday and said, Wow, I feel like you guys kind of were sneaky and just started selling coffee. Yeah, we were. We put sneaky. it out there. Kind of like Katie, sneaky fit. Sneaky fit, but it's great coffee. I mean, full disclosure, uh, we found a company that we like, uh, Redline Coffee. It's an old buddy of mine. He owns a box in Florida, was sending us some great coffee. And I said, hey, let's uh, brand this as Best Hour Coffee. Good stuff. We have four blends. We have AMRAP, for Time, Tabata, and the PR blend. Uh, they're they're all great. Check them out uh, over at besthourcoffee.com. But do we have anything else we need Quiet to talk birthday. about? Do we have to give a birthday wish to somebody? Did we forget to do that? Um, we did not forget to do that. Is that today? Nope. That's in two days. Don't give it away. You can go. I mean, you can. we can do it twice, but. No, well, no, forget it. You, <laughs> Katie is the holder of what we need to say on these episodes. So anything else we need to say, Katie? Um, inside tracker, inside tracker, check them out. 
I'm sure Katie will post the link with this. Check out our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Man, the new episode with Jeremy Thiel and Austin, awesome. Awesome stuff. OG right there. If, if you don't know who Jeremy Thiel is, go watch that. And, and our video guy, Nate, did a phenomenal job like pulling in all sorts of clips when we talked about it from the 2008 games. Um, so, so much great content there coming out on our YouTube channel. So go check it out. And get ahead, get ahead productions you, is Nate. Yeah, get ahead productions. Yeah. If you don't go watch it, we're going to make you eat gefilte fish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room. I got into an argument on the internet. I thought that was, was my job, but I'm glad that you've taken this over. Yeah, like I used to think you were crazy for fighting on the internet, and I prided myself on never doing it. Now I do it. Yet here, yet here we are. Far right wing well, fighting on the internet. That's how it works. I was telling our coaches development group, here's what happened. Worked a level two this weekend. You know, level twos are draining from an energy perspective. You're you're really on. You're giving feedback the entire two days. Great weekend here at a CrossFit Watchtower, Kevin Ogar's box. And um, one of our dogs is having some issues, so I had to get a prescription. I'm driving all around to different pet smarts on a Sunday night, and I open up Instagram foolishly. Uh, while I'm parked waiting for this prescription and I see this post and the post was basically Katie can you pull it up do you want me to share it we'll put it on the video okay you don't think (laughs) (laughs) are you worried about doing that no look everybody knows what we're talking about we're talking about active life and 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 for the record I have you know Instagram hasn't changed their rules like Twitter did so you can still share things (laughs) You know, Dr. Sean is a friend. I truly deep down have a lot of respect for the dude, not just from a PT perspective, but he's built a great company. You know, we text often. He knows how I feel about this. And 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 I will give him a shout out in the sense that he and I disagree on a lot, but we fight fair, we fight well, and we talk about it. So, you know, he's been on the podcast uh, in the past. And, and the, the post was this, seeing how close to a wall you can squat is a poor drill for squat mechanics, which I suppose rereading it, we talked about this a little bit, that's, that statement in and of itself is not bad. Seeing how close you, to a wall you can squat is a poor drill, 100%. Because if you try to just simply go close to a wall, you're going to change your squat mechanics most likely, and you're going to change them in a negative way. You're most likely not going to get better. However, the first sentence of the of the copy there was this drill is often referred to as squat therapy. So now you're saying squat therapy is dumb because you're seeing how close to a wall you can squat. The reason I got triggered, if you will, is because I don't think what they're saying is actually squat therapy. This is a bad version of squat therapy and no different than anything else in this world, just like I talked about with tacos. Putting gefilte fish in your taco may make for a bad taco. I mean, I would like it. Maybe, you know, sprinkle a little kosher sea salt on that thing. Maybe a little horseradish. You got a nice taco. But if you don't like it, Fern, all of a sudden you and Logan aren't changing your taco Tuesdays. I mean, like all tacos suck. You're saying, hey, that crazy dude that stayed with us the other day, Jay, remember him, Logan? Yeah. he He's Jewish and he likes gefilte yeah. fish. We don't, so we like, don't like Jewish people or gefilte fish. No, or gefilte fish that in his house. Yeah. In his house. Remember I said Jewish people have horns, Logan? Remember I said that to you the other day? 
<laughs> the what's frustrating about this is it, it um it's not really frustrating i at the, at the end of the day i really don't care it what it does is it, it, it demonstrates a lack of understanding of a topic that you threw out there right and i'll be to be very candid with you the only reason we're having this discussion is because this is this is our lane right so you're talking about something that we happen to be experts in which is teaching crossfit specifically squat therapy it did originate from crossfit has been taught for probably damn near 20 years at this point for the record and, i don't know that it originated in crossfit i i, I don't uh, know that to okay. be 100 percent true uh, maybe i'm not wrong. You're, okay so I, I stand corrected i'm not it, sure of where yeah. where it was taught that way but it certainly gained steam and momentum i i had been in the fitness industry nearly 20 years never heard of it to my level one in 2007. so yeah, maybe it's not fair to say that it originated there, but for all intents and purposes, it is a tool used regularly in there. And this post is incorrect. Just factually, we're going to say that it is incorrect. The idea is not to get your toes to the wall, right? And that's what's frustrating, right? So I get frustrated when people talk about CrossFit and they talk about it in the light it, from a stance where it, you've clearly demonstrated that you don't know what you're talking about. Right, that is not what we're promoting. Nobody is saying that. Nobody is saying that your knees should go past your toes or should not go past your toes. That's a silly statement. So what it is, it is a diagnostic tool. That's what it's for. And and to say that this is the idea uh, and this is what you should be pushing towards is incorrect and not what is taught. You know, I have I have take issue with the same thing with you know James uh, Fitzgerald was talking about the the programming stuff. And I'm like, you're, you're speaking like somebody who literally doesn't know what you're talking about with regard to CrossFit and what we actually teach. And it's like saying, I saw this thing on the internet. That must be what CrossFit teaches. And I'm like, that's actually not at all what CrossFit teaches. So let's talk about what they actually teach and what it's for. Yeah, you know, and, and, and big picture for me is, you know, I, Going off that simply this post for a second and, you know, whether it's OPT, whether it's active life, whether it's a, there's dozens of other companies out there. I personally get frustrated. We talk about values a lot in our affiliate U group. We talk about it with our coaches development. You know, my, my values are health, happiness, family, meaningful work, integrity, and loyalty. And and gefilte fish. That's at the, <laughs> yes, that's at the top of the pyramid. But, you know, to me, it's, I don't want to say lack of integrity, like however you want to define it as one thing, but there's so many companies out there that start CrossFit, believe in CrossFit, and then along the way, they're like, huh, this CrossFit thing is cool, but I have a fix for it, or I can do it better, or screw CrossFit. You know, and I was telling our coaches development group earlier, a lot of these band-aids that people are putting out there, and I'm not only referring to Active Life, other companies out there as well. And we're going to have OPT on the podcast, I think, uh, in two weeks. But a lot of these solutions are really a reflection of like, hey, some people are coaching CrossFit poorly. Some coaches are misinterpreting the actual definition of CrossFit. Some people are doing CrossFit wrong. So we need to fix that. I, I agree with, to some extent, that's true. But don't then tell me it's CrossFit's fault. It's just like anything. If I have a bad surgery, does that mean doctors are bad? Right? If no. if a vaccine if a vaccine doesn't work, that means vaccines are bad? No. Right? Like anybody who says vaccines are bad, you're an idiot. Vaccines are good. They saved a lot of humanity. 
just because we might have one that is like, I don't know, whatever, that doesn't mean they're bad, right? Agreed. So, and same thing. It's a tool, right? And this is what I want everybody to understand. It is a tool, right? This is no different than the progressions, right? So we could we could use that. We could have the same discussion with regard to the progressions we use in level one. Let's let's use the push press, right? Dip and hold, dip drive slow, dip drive fast, dip drive press. It's not about the progression, right? You could say that's a bad progression, and it would be a bad progression if you didn't, in fact, know why you were using it and what you were using it for. And it's the same thing with squat therapy. If you have no idea what you're doing, and the idea is just to put your toes up on the wall to demonstrate that you can do a squat in that position, then we agree that is stupid. That's because that's not what it's for. It's a diagnostic tool to take somebody from an immature squat into a more upright squat in order to improve mechanical efficiency. And this is when we, we can go down a rabbit hole about levers and some other stuff, which we will in just a second. But let's first understand like what the tool is for. When we're talking about an up, when we're talking about an immature squat, what we're referring to is somebody who has a severely, and you put, and you talked about this on your Instagram feed, you know, we don't even say severely, some degree of forward inclination of the chest that would create a mechanical deficiency in their ability to move load. Which by the way, 99.9% of people have. I don't know. Uh, you know, the good thing about statistics is they're reversible. So they, you know, you could do that. You it's can also forward and backwards percentages. Right. Is the, what you're saying? They're reversible, right? So but, but picture my point being almost any human being, let's at least call it in the country, in the United States, has some sort of degree of immaturity in their squat, some sort of lean forward, just from living. I mean, it's 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 highly common. Most likely most of the people you're coaching will, will demonstrate some degree of immaturity in their squat. In, in a lot of people, it, it is one of the symptoms of spending a significant amount of time in a seated position. This is what Kelly Starrett has talked about at nauseum mm -hmm. with regard to like, you know, chairs with the new cigarettes. The, if I sit in that position, then I'm never going to full range of motion, which one of the things that we talk about with regard to what we're trying to achieve with, with movement in general in CrossFit or just functional movements by their very nature is full anatomical end ranges. Meaning like we need to go to the full end range of that joint, whether it be ankle, wrist, elbow, hip, shoulder, doesn't matter. Full anatomical end range. And when we're talking about that, like that this is these are the things that this is what annoys me is that like you have to be able to understand what these tools are for and why I would be using them in the first place. So for like squat therapy, I can put my walls I can put my toes on the wall, me personally, and do a squat. And I will tell you emphatically, it is not representative of a good squat. Yeah. If you do that, you're gonna certainly overextend your lumbar, right? Because you're gonna immediately want to drag your face down that wall. You're probably going to push your knees forward as far as you can, but the wall is going to be in the way and you're probably not going to be able to achieve full depth. I can get to full depth, but I'll start to lose lumbar. I won't truly be balanced. You know, I'm not going to be balanced about the frontal plane for sure. Just, just by the very nature of the wall being in the way, I would not be balanced at by frontal plane. And, and for the reference, and just for the, for reference in this, we would define in the squat frontal plane is about midfoot, right? So roughly over the, where the knot the of your shoelace, yeah, knot exactly. of your shoe would be. That I would want to be. I would want to be balanced. Velcro, where my velcro right. is, right for your kids. The you know so when we're talking about that, 
what we're using that tool for is to is to diagnose what a way forward would be in order to get somebody long term from an inclined forward inclinated torso into a more upright torso in order to have better levers <laughs> Cassidy's over here wants to jump in have better levers in order to get to a more efficient position what's Cassidy have to say on this <clears throat> oh he's he's probably just as far up as you are I'm over it a little bit it's been a couple of days but um you know and 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 again I I I get very defensive of CrossFit and I get defensive of CrossFit for many reasons. One being it truly was life-changing for me. It continues to be life-changing. I mean, people are saying, well, you have an agenda as well, Jay. Like what's your agenda? Yeah. My agenda is pushing CrossFit. CrossFit. Yes. Yeah. The more affiliates around, we do have a company that helps with affiliates, but I I'm, would be telling this to someone who would never own an affiliate. This is not, this is not my stance to get more people to sign up for affiliate you. Now, if more people want to sign up for affiliate you because they realize, hey, Ackerman and Fern are diehards, they bleed CrossFit. What they're going to teach us is, you know, CrossFit first and foremost, which by the way, is why I opened a damn CrossFit affiliate. Yeah, that's us. We're the two guys that only work with CrossFit affiliates. We're the two guys that still own CrossFit affiliates, Fern, both of us. And, and we're the two guys that still do CrossFit to this day. You know, some of us more often than others. I get it. Like me every day, Fern, once or twice a week. Um, once. Once. <laughs> once a week. But you know what? Still fitter than you. So, so, so <laughs> did you like that post I sent you last night? Yeah. It was like, Katie, I almost sent it to you, but then I didn't. It was like, you're, it was like, you're over 25 and you're in good shape. Like grow up. Grow up. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so let's, let's just have very, like, let's all agree on a couple of things. Let's do it. Let's agree on something. I'm going the best. Past, I got a great affiliate. Going, going past, gefilte fish is gross. Going past the toes with the knees is not bad. If. Not bad. Right. Well, if right, there has to there has to be like we need to clarify that if in fact we're maintaining the rest of the points performance, namely a flat foot with good pressure about midfoot. Okay, so that's first and foremost. So past that, you can have a lot of different things because this goes into what are we trying to achieve or what is actually happening on a from a very practical standpoint. Like what what load are we trying to lift? Where is it said load? So Katie, pull up the picture that I sent you real quick because we could show a picture of an Olympic weightlifter with at the very bottom of a snatch with the knees basically stacked right on top of the toes, like almost not forward at all. And that's just right. their ability, their flexibility. Most people right. aren't going to be able to do that, but, but big picture that, for just to, but my point is I want to show this real quick. So this man, lifter, that guy's flexible. Yeah. Super flexible. Right. But that's because of right his course, stance, though. Right, super upright torso, and because of the way his his knees and toes are placed, he is a lot. He's able to, and let's just for reference, the the knee probably is just past the toe, but like not far, not far, barely, right, barely, barely, barely. Okay, and this is I can't see his lumbar, but I w I'm going to assume based on this position, and he's snatching two forty five. Oh no, those are kilos. I'm pretty sure. So. 120. So, uh, yeah, so 240, 240, yeah, 242, I believe is what that should be. So, um, now we would all agree that this is a solid squat and, and this actually goes counter to 
do the knees must go past the toes in order to have a good squat? It depends on the lifter and it depends on their anatomy. It depends on what they're doing because this, this position may look different if he was doing a clean, but because the load is displaced further from the fulcrum, which would be his hip here, that might change the position just slightly. Okay. Because it's overhead, not in the front rack position that changes things. Okay. Now, Katie, go to the other picture. Uh, there's a lady, I believe that one's from catalyst athletics. Um, Shout out, Mr. Everett. Um, Josh Everett. No, not Josh Brett, Everett. Greg Everett. Greg Everett. So same position, snatch. However, her knees are way forward of the toes. Same exact lift. Well, that's different athlete. That's Amy. that's Amy Everett. I think that is that is not Amy. The okay. I don't know. It's not Amy. The but knees are way past the toes. Same exact lift. Different athlete. Different positions. Okay, so we've gone over two athletes doing the exact same movement different anthropometrics, different outcome, right? So the point of all of this is one of the things we talk about specifically in the level two is context. What is the athlete doing? What is their capacity? What are they trying to achieve? I have to take all of these things into account when I'm saying yes or no. And again, we've talked about this. You love absolute statements, but the problem is absolute statements will get you in a bind because I can always find a scenario in which that absolute statement would probably not work out, right? Except for like sunrises in the east, sets in the west, and then gravity, right? Like those things are pretty absolute. But when we're talking about fitness, I can always find something that would be counter to that. So we just apply context in that scenario. Now, what would this, what would squat therapy be useful for other than diagnosing that somebody is forward? Well, you can use this. So pull up the uh, the levers. Um, article there, Katie, and show that one. If we go to the levels, the article six, which is a lever efficiency from the CrossFit Journal, this is something where you could use squat therapy to do a very quick diagnostic assessment to determine whether somebody should be high bar back squatting. Go to the picture of the athlete. So two drawings, just a little bit lower than that. <clears throat> this is article six, by the way to diagnose whether somebody should be doing a high bar versus a low bar in training based on their anatomy and capacity. So the left picture is a high bar back squat. Obviously the torso is more upright. The hips are a little bit lower because the knees are forward, right? What this does is it changes the lever just a little bit. Now, if you go to low bar, this might be due to physical limitations or it might be because they're trying to shorten the lever arm in order to lift more weight, which is why you'll see power lifters do far more low bar back squatting. Right? I low bar now, back squat all the there's time. Nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with low bar back no, squat. And you I should mean, do both. One other thing as far as the low bar goes, it also, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it gets a little more recruitment of the posterior chain just because we're getting For that. For sure. Yeah, just because you're, right, because you're because of, because of the, the change in the mechanics of the movement, right? And if you notice in both of these pictures, one is knee forward, the other one is knee right stacked on top, but this has to do with knee and hip flexibility or what the what the athlete's desired outcome in, which is might be to lift more weight. Now, the problem with low bar, and I say problem in air quotes, because not really a problem is, it doesn't transfer as well to the Olympic lifts. If I'm spending the majority of my time in that position, this now becomes problematic for both a clean and a snatch, okay? And again, what is squat therapy for? It's a diagnostic tool to say, hey, we might need to change something. Or if it's a back squat day, I might need to make a quick assessment on should, should they high bar or low bar. And then I'm going to need to teach them because the setup for both of those is different 
on where the bar should be on the back in combination with does the athlete have the ability the shoulder mobility to do a low bar back squat because that is also more demanding for most people well and and you know not to mention high bar and low bar back squatting for for a period of time in crossfit there was like a debate like which one should you do and the answer is yes no different than pull-ups right, right. You do chest to bar do strict do butterfly do, do mixed weighted grip, do weighted right all of those are true and, and also yeah are we gonna uh quickly brush over the fact that i back squatted 325 for a triple and 275 five by five yesterday did you want to talk about that i didn't uh but i'm glad you oh. brought it up congratulations are we gonna talk about the one time i back squatted 325 for 22 no did you really yeah i've told you many times i'm way fitter than you well katie katie wait until um the dropping in episode of crossfit huddle comes out i was making fun of myself yesterday i've become such a weakling over the past like year or so that that day i back i got my back was bruised because i back squatted 275 for five <laughs> yeah no it was for three to be fair it was for three. was it three yeah whatever it felt like yeah. five um so your 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 best back squat of three was my five by five yesterday but you're fitter you're fitter this is what happens at best hour crossfit well this is, we again again making statements where you don't understand the definition of fitness right you've just demonstrated that you've take one fitness metric and say that you're fitter than me is not technically correct so right. listen I, i'll right. be here all day everybody just smashing people's but real arguments. quick um in jay's def yeah, well, defense i did find who invented squat therapy jason hacker <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> That's, Apparently, that is part of the reason I do get yeah. so defensive about it. Like, I love you the do, term. You, I actually own the domain name Squat Therapy. Yeah. Um, it just, I, I I'm think, just glad you don't own that haircut anymore. Oh, man, that was some good hair back then. I just, you know, I, I, I really believe in it. And, you know, I, I stand by the statement like Squat Therapy works for everyone. Like, to the degree in which it works is different for everybody. But, there's there I don't I can't imagine many people on the planet that hey let's squat a little slower let me spot you let me give you some cues along the way where your squat is not going to improve uh right it, it, and again it's a tool it's a tool to determine what is the way forward and again, you see, you know, it could be a long, low trajectory to a distant horizon we may never get to, right? Meaning getting somebody to an upright squat. They may never get there, but I still need to make an accurate assessment about what we should do in order to squat, right? So whether we use squat therapy or not, we're all going to have to agree that we should squat, okay? Now, how do I improve my squat? We can do it a lot of different ways, but this is a good tool. I'm not aware of many people, I'm not aware of actually anybody that I've presented this challenge to and didn't improve one or multiple things, either improve their squat, their general kinesthetic awareness, or their coaching ability by going through it. Because you're going to learn some things about the mechanics of the squat by doing some squat therapy yourself. And the goal is not necessarily to get your toes to the wall. You could be toes to the wall and have all of the points. That is a thing. Right, we just demonstrate. Like, if that guy, we had that picture up again. Like, that guy would have his toes on the wall, and we would consider that to be a good squat because he's clearly demonstrating a snatch in that in that uh, picture. Right now, a lot of this will have much more to do with hip 
flexibility and the ability to pull the hips forward close enough to the wall where you would have essentially an upright torso. Okay. Now for most people, that is not going to be the case. Most people, if they were, let's call it five to seven inches away from the wall and could stay upright, not touching the wall, we would consider that probably a pretty kick-ass squat if we were to load it up. But let me give you an example. So Dr. Sean sent me a text and it was Heather Bergeron demonstrating squat therapy while Ben was behind the, it was very funny because it was clearly so old and, you know, outdated. And, but point is Heather was touching the wall with her toes, super close to the wall. Uh, I'm sure you can Google this like out, out there. Maybe even Katie can find it now, but, and it's short, it's like 45 seconds. So it's worth a watch. And her form was terrible. Like she was close to the wall. And in order to do that, she really arched from her lumbar. Did you find it, Katie? And then Ben tells her to go ass to grass, which is also unnecessary. But, you know, this goes back to my statement. Not liking gefilte fish tacos does not make all tacos bad. Well, also, again, you cannot, you cannot do, you cannot, you're not, you're not going to do squat therapy absent of all the context of a squat. So what makes a good squat? Okay, so take out high bar, take out low bar, take out knees past the toes, take out all of that stuff and just put in maintaining neutral spine, good line of action, good balance about the foot or weight in the heels, making sure the knees track the toes within reason and getting below depth to full anatomical end range, which for most people will just define as hip crease below the knee. Yeah, just those things. And that looks like a lot of different shapes when I put a hundred different human beings into that position. Are you going to watch it real quick? Are we allowed to do this? Is this it? I don't, yeah. That's I mean, I don't the video, know. yeah. Do it, okay. um, do it muted. She's, she's still fit, by the way. It is muted. It no. should be okay. muted. Do it. I don't know what the rules are. Now that we're a big deal podcast, I don't know what <laughs> I don't want to get, you know, blocked, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, this is going back. This has to be at least 10 years ago. Um, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know what she's is. This, this girl right here, Heather Bergeron, I think she's had four kids. Come on. Like she's still fit. Okay. So she's yeah. got her toes literally on and the wall. And this might've been after two kids, which by the right. way is still freaking impressive. It's old. Okay. She's got her chops on. So a first yeah, error here is uh, you would likely, I mean, probably, probably not her first time doing squat therapy, but I would, Pause, Katie. Or, I would, yeah, I would definitely urge you to not start people with their toes on the wall. This, and, they're and probably I mean, just testing it just to see if she can yeah. do it. And and, and and I mean, immediately look at her low back. Overextended, right? So immediately crazy. you look at her back, she's overextended. It's not crazy, it, but it's overextended. Okay? Well, for the so record, we're going to, I want to talk after we watch this video, you and I have taught squat therapy at a minimum, I don't know, 500 times. We teach it every weekend at level ones. And then, I mean, just know, in affiliate settings between the two of us, we've taught it 500 times. That's I mean, what I mean. Uh, I mean, in, if that's how just in, Sorry, just in, in seminar, just in seminar settings, not to yeah, mention and, in the affiliate. And every so. every member at Best Hour CrossFit will go through a squat therapy session on a daily basis. All right, so, so. play the video real quick, Katie. All right, so she's going through the squat. If you're not watching on YouTube, you should. You're blowing it. Okay, so up to this point, not bad. Yeah, and but then still, I wouldn't have let. Apart. I would have backed her up. Like, there's no way I would have accepted this at a level one or from a member because she's way too overextended there. Overextended. And I however, however, just to be fair, practically speaking, overextended in the context of an air squat is not dangerous. So this is not something I'm going to lose my shit over. Okay, it's not what I'm asking for. Okay, so we could just go with like that's not how it's supposed to be executed. I would prefer her to be in a neutral spine position. So ribs touch down in a a, tight position. That's a point worth reiterating, Fern. 
just like anything else in a bubble, it's not wrong. Like you're, this is an unloaded movement. So if you right. were to overextend, I agree with you. It's not dangerous. Now, to be fair, most of the time we're doing this, it's also to see what your squat looks like in a potentially loaded environment. So I Correct. wouldn't want her to air squat like this and then be like, well, when we back squat. And realistically, if she were doing any air squat workout, she's not doing them like this. And so, and so the outcome of this is back up, like, right, to get to a better squat, at which point she would probably have a better looking squat. Uh, uh, based on the points of performance okay so 100 percent. we would back we her toes up maybe three inches yeah maybe yeah probably at five on the high end so go uh play go ahead, the video katie. play the rest of that real quick quick katie and then she got a little bit of a wink down there very i mean very that's similar. impressive by the way just for yeah. just for a range of motion purposes and to stay balanced in that position so and then she grabs her butt so yeah. good for you Heather. Uh, and um all right yeah so let's go. let's be clear impressive like no one's taking that away from Heather Heather Bergeron. That was and, that was impressive. and to note, yeah, and to note, as she gets to the bottom of the squat, her hips start to move closer to the wall. At which point, she has a much more balanced squat than she did just below parallel, or where the hip crease was just below the knee. As it as she went into further range of motion, she probably resembles more of along the picture of if we had a full profile of that of the photo that we pulled up earlier with the guy with the, her knees looking way more balanced with her knees and not past the toes at all because in that scenario it's physically impossible because of the wall and so it's context right like should the knees pass the toes biomechanically should you be capable of doing that yes that's what we like to see in a healthy ankle and knee hip mobility okay is it going to do that when i squat well, it depends. Are you low bar back squatting? Are you box squatting? Like, what are we doing? Is it an Olympic lift? Am I air squatting? Am I injured? Whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is not squat therapy. The point is a better squat. And we would base a better squat on the points of performance, not on squat therapy. Exactly. Let's, let's, let's do the following. Here's what I want to do. I want to go through what it might look like when you and I coach squat therapy. Okay. All right. So first and foremost, you know, this idea of standing close to the wall is never something that we do. I was telling our group earlier, you and I have been doing this long enough. I can look at someone's air squat and kind of figure out where I need to position them. But if you're unsure, an arm's distance away from the wall is typically a good starting point. Yeah. That, that's how I started. Is my, the way I start teaching it is do not put people's toes up against the wall. <laughs> that's like the intro statement yeah you that, need to set them i always say like let's set them up for success right let's... you're gonna look like an asshole if you do that because they're gonna fall down they're gonna lose trust in you as a coach and potentially get injured it's highly unlikely but they're gonna be embarrassed so their feelings will be injured they're gonna be embarrassed for sure which makes yeah, me an and, asshole and knocking somebody on their ass once is a very quick and easy way to, to lose trust forever right they're like why would you do that why would you set me up for that Right. So, and, and part of this is, you know, we were talking about, well, what about this? What about when people do squat therapy in class? What about, cool. That's not really squat therapy. To me, squat therapy is a one-on-one -on -one drill. Almost always the coach stands behind you with that all you bro squat. And what I mean by that is hand supporting them just to allow them to push into a position they barely would not be able to get into if you were not there. 
Uh, I would disagree with the one-on-one. I think it's most things would be optimal if I was trying to teach something very nuanced and intricate. But I would I would go the opposite. If you're going to use squat therapy in a group setting, this isn't just for one person because the degree of difficulty varies across athletes, and that variable is distance from the wall. So if I've got ten athletes, I'm going to line all ten of them up on the wall, and I'm going to start everybody from about. 12 to 18 inches away from the wall. If I'm if I'm reasonably confident that somebody's going to be off balance, I would give them a med ball. And the med ball is twofold. Number one is if they struggle, again, kinesthetic awareness and they're not sure where depth is, that is the tactile feedback to let them know, hey, this is about depth on most people. Most people. Not you, Jay, because you you're too short. But I, I, I put a medicine ball under almost everybody because, again, it's all about setting them up in for that, success. It's in about that context, you should. Safe. Right. In that context, you should. And then from there, so it's also if they happen to get off balance, they just have a seat on the med ball and nobody's the wiser, right? They can just stand up and they can move on with their day, uh, with, with the rest of the drill. And then once we get past the first couple reps, then it's a, then it's very quick adjustments down the line of like, hey, scoot up, scoot up, scoot up, back up, scoot up, move that ball. Okay. And now I've made group. Yeah. So this is a picture of James Hobart doing it. He's not doing it against a wall, but the premise and the feedback is the same. If his hands were to touch this barbell, um, this is next level coaching squat therapy from the CrossFit journal. If his hands were to touch that barbell, that would be an indication that he is too far forward in that position. So that barbell now replaces the wall. Okay. And James is a phenomenal squatter just for the record, largely because he has incredible ankle dorsiflexion, right? That's why he's a great squatter. James, however, I would be a little, you know, um, crit- critical of you. Sometimes you need to initiate the squat. That looks right here like he's knee, initiate, <laughs> knee initiating, right? No, um, but James is a phenomenal coach and a phenomenal mover. But, um, but the point still remains the same, and he can get into a good position uh, you can't see that far left portion of the of the picture, but the point is, oh yeah, okay. So you scroll over. That's a solid squat. Now, if he was to go lower than that, and I know for a fact he can because you've seen it a thousand times, um, he's not going to lose any of those points of performance. He's still going to maintain lumbar uh, spine, you know. And again, let's define that too. So where uh, an unmoving integrated trunk, where the natural S curvature of the spine remains wedded to the pelvis. So the pelvis and the trunk are one single unit that do not move independently of each other. So the pelvis and the hip are not separate. And so, and this is, would be, this would also kind of dovetail into a a discussion about butt wink. We're not going to go there, but you could have that discussion in this, and this could be a tool in which you could isolate that specific fault or slash inefficiency, depending on what you would like to call it. Okay. So the point is diagnostic tool, not how you squat. So so let's go back and, and talk a little bit more about what we think squat therapy should look like. One of the first mistakes we see is people approach the wall and take far too wide of a stance or turn their toes out. And basically right. both of those are in an effort to keep their torso off the wall. However, both of those are wrong. Your squat well, stance- Well, not necessarily. Toes out is relative. Depends on what you mean when you say toes out. Toes out further than they would in a standard squat. Right. Or- toes out to the point where the knee no longer tracks over tracks the, the toe. Toes. We have what is good. now a valgus knee position. Good good point there. So, sure, you know, improper foot position and and I tell people your squat should look like your squat should look like your squat, right? Like I'm not a fan of like 
Well, my squat go, <laughs> yeah, your squat stance is your squat stance. So, okay, get in your squat stance. Two, I'm not going to set you up too close to the wall. I'm going to set you up in the appropriate distance from the wall. Now, oftentimes, two two major faults happen. One, we jam the knees forward to keep our torso off the wall. That's which wrong. Also, which also happens when you teach the front squat because you've been trying to emphasize upright torso. So look for that. It's or, or, the, or the overhead squat. Right, same thing. Right. You could see someone with a really nice air squat, put PVC over their head, and all of a sudden they have a very knee initiated squat. Correct. So, so let's, let's uh, remove that. Right. So, okay. We, we want to still see that proper line of action, but back and down. Then like we just saw in that video, the most common mistake is we overextend from that lumbar. Like we really think about chest up, chest up, and then we gain extension there. For me, I'm constantly giving tactile feedback on their low back, maybe their ribs, like crunch. Be tight there in the midsection because we want to squat with a solid foundation. We want midline stabilization. So, you know, we make sure everything remains consistent. And what that becomes is a lot more effort, typically for people to gain ankle mobility, right? That's for most people, it's tight ankles that cause that immature squat. So it's gaining some of that ankle mobility. It's it's gaining awareness. It's forcing them to drive their knees out a little further. It's really just, when you say diagnostic, it's like, okay, what's your weakness when it comes to your squat? Because right. we're going to find out right now here against the wall. Now, just for reference, again, I think we could go through all these scenarios. There, there do exist scenarios where athletes, in order to get to a really good looking squat, would not need to put their knees past their toes that variable is based on what they can do with their hips meaning like how wide can they go and we're talking about knee angle now knee angle either straightforward versus out if i can widen my stance or go into a more splayed out position as long as i'm not compromising my stance what that does is it creates more room for the hips so if i can get my femurs out of the way now there becomes a more direct line of travel for the hips to move along the frontal plane. Now, not everybody can do that. Now, because both of the pictures that, that guy, particularly with that guy, if you look at uh, his knee angle, most people would consider that to be, I don't know if it would be considered extreme, but not, at, not normal. And I don't mean normal in a bad way, but like most people could not achieve that knee, that kind of a... Uh, of a mobility, right? Where the knees are, are out far, but his knee is tracked directly over his toe. This is a great looking squat as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. But most people are really going to struggle getting that kind of kind of like mobility or kind of what you would consider like a split. Like if he was sitting in kind of a split or a straddle, like that kind of mobility out of the hips that will limit the amount of, of dorsiflexion at the ankle, um, to, or to get the knee out in front of the toe required to get to a good depth maintaining neutral spine. So there's, again, multiple factors here that I have to take into account when assessing whether something is good or bad, but they're all based on points of performance. What you just demonstrated, but I'll, I'll kind of break out is what, what the squat therapy was allowing you to do was focus more on certain things because squat therapy inherently gives the athlete the feedback on other things like the med ball for depth, the wall, if they're too far forward. Okay. If their knee initiating the wall is there, it's just an added tool to create awareness. That is what squat therapy is for. It is not the end all be all tool. It is a tool. And just like any tool, if you do not know who to use said tool, 
you're doing it incorrectly. If I have a hammer and I go around trying to use it as a screwdriver, I am not going to be very effective with said hammer. That doesn't mean that hammers are bad. It just means I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with the hammer. Well, and, and that was my biggest argument, my biggest beef on this particular post, you know, but again, it extends beyond that where it's like just throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you know, cliche expression is not a good way to live. Like just because some coaches coach it wrong, even of the highest level, that doesn't mean this drill is no longer effective. And when people are telling you that circling around the answer does not help, like address it, like give us your, your reasons or give us solutions, you know, less drunk monkeys. Hey, this doesn't work. Cool. What do you think works better? And again, or, it was, or you don't know how to do that. Okay. Which, which any drill, right? If you don't know how to accurately do something, right? I'm not going around giving people uh, FMS, a functional movement screener, because I don't know how to properly do that. So I'm not going around doing it. If you don't know how to teach squat therapy, then I suggest you either not teach it or learn how to teach it and then use it because is it because it is a great tool to add to your tool belt as a coach to help you do two things. Assess somebody's movement about what the way forward is and isolate faults to make it easier for you to see what is going on, particularly as a new coach. The knee initiated squat, which is a violation of line of action in that movement, can be very difficult to see as a new coach. That, that is one of the things that you could use squat therapy for. One of the many things you could use it for. It doesn't mean that you have to do it all the time. It doesn't mean it is the only way to assess squat movement. It is a tool. And again, like any tool, if you use it incorrectly, well, then it's not a useful tool. I think assessments are stupid. Particularly if they're cognitive. <laughs> no, I just, I just think I've, I said this in our coaches. I thought the same thing in college. I said the same thing in college. I'm like, this assessment of electrical engineering is stupid because well, I don't it, understand it. No, but I, I said this in our coaches group. I think assessments are your way of masking your inability to coach. I said it a they're, little harsher in our group. I think Kelly Starrett out, outlined this pretty well. There's a difference between understanding a correlate of movement and movement. So you can do a movement assessment that is a correlative movement, but is not actually movement per se. There's a difference. One gives you some information, maybe not entirely accurate to an actual movement. So I don't think assessments are dumb. Again, I think if you don't understand what assessments are for, that is dumb. Yeah, but I think I think too many people, I mean, He's like, that's Fuck. fine. <laughs> but I think too many people rely on assessments like this company and other companies out there. It's like assess, 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 or become a better coach. Because at the end of the day, this CrossFit thing works. Constantly right. varied. Functional movements at high intensity works. One of the first mistakes people make, oh, we don't need high intensity every day. You've said it over and over again. 70% plus, let's call that high intensity. You don't right. need to wind up on the floor in a puddle of your DNA to have high intensity. You need to move a little bit out of your comfort zone. That's right. really, let's call it high intensity. It's like I'm moving a little bit faster than I would want to otherwise. That shit works. Doing these movements with technique and intensity like we talk about at the level one with that balance, that works. Most of the time people are arguing against CrossFit. It's because we're, we're, neglecting these rules and that, you know, or tools, not rules, whatever you want to call it. We're, we're saying, Hey, CrossFit doesn't work because people go too hard and they hurt themselves. No shit. That's not what CrossFit is. Hey, CrossFit doesn't work because people often use poor technique. No shit. 
That's not what CrossFit is. But I don't need an assessment to determine where you should squat. I should be a good enough coach that when I look at you squatting, I'm like, hey, turn Wide your, your toes in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, widen your stance a tiny bit. You're going to, hey, does that feel better? Yeah. Cool. Assessment done. That was your assessment. You're in a shitty squat stance and I moved your feet one inch. Cool. Like I'm a PT now. Like that's all it takes. Like I, I just think all of this nonsense. It's like shout out to all the PTs out there who were just wildly offended. <laughs> no, I think I think you know one of the people in the group asked like, how do you argue with someone who has credentials? Blah blah blah. It's like credentials don't make you, a, you know, a, a Svengali. Is that the term? Well, like all encompassing. Like credentials. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> Credentials probably mean you know a little bit more about me than anatomy and physiology. I'm not going to deny that, but I'll tell you what. Right. All the that's credentials what I think in that's the where world. The that's where the distinction means because if you're a if you're a physical therapist, then you know far more about certain things than I do. But that doesn't mean that I don't know anything about movement. It also doesn't understand that I don't understand movement better than you because my specialty is looking at movement, and I'm pretty damn good at that. And well, and it's, and I don't even think the pissing contest is necessary. It's just like, dude, understand, like you, like it just, that's a tool that you clearly don't know how to use or know what it's for. That's fine. I, again, if a PT wants to use FMS and I'm like, FMS is dumb. And he's like, well, you don't know how to use the tool. And I'm like, touche, you are correct, sir. I do not know how to use said tool. So I'm not going around saying that it's dumb. I don't know how to do FNS. I think it's dumb. But FNF, anyway, so, yeah. exactly. But you know, and, and, and you know, and then functional in, in movements. That, care, by the way, yeah. all, all of which the is odd because nothing about that assessment is functional in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I was telling the the group um, today. My best assessment is like, hey, welcome to Best Hour CrossFit. I'm gonna have you sit on this bike, and we're gonna talk for a few minutes about your goals. And now, in those five minutes, ten minutes on the bike. I'm going to probably move the damper up a little bit every couple minutes, keep talking, right. see how their breath is, see if they can continue to hold the conversation while pedaling, see what damper we get up to. Like, that's my assessment. Okay, cool. Everything else is me coaching you. Like, I know what a good squat is. I know what a good jerk is. I know what a good push-up, whatever those moves. So I'm going to assess you and your ability to hold these points of performance. And when you're not, I'm going to consider what alternatives we have. But, but all the credentials in the world don't – I mean, look, I've got a pretty fucking good credential, and I'm not even talking about my L4. I'm talking about my master's degree. I have a master's degree in psychology. People forget that, and it's like that's what allows me to connect to people. You having any other credential out there, be it an MD, a PT, I, I don't even know what they are, but whatever the PT credential is, DPT, I think. DPT, like, Dr. Physical yeah, Therapy. Cool. That might mean you know more about anatomy that doesn't matter if you can't connect with other people. Yeah. And at, at the end of the day, here, here's the big takeaway. Use squat therapy or don't. I actually don't really care. But it is a useful tool if you know how to use the tool. And you'd be hard-pressed to convince me or anybody else that does know how to use the tool that knowing how to do that isn't somehow going to be useful at some, at some point down the road, right? If you think it's dumb, it's probably because you don't understand the tool. So learn it or don't. But outside of that, stay in your swim lane. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, 
please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.